0: Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment.
1: I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said,
2: I'm right.
0: You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop?
2: Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a man who is definitely on the naughty list to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim.
0: And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this post-Covid Christmas special week is the argument to moderation, also known as the middle ground fallacy or argumentum ad temperantium. Yeah you've been you've been ill haven't you? I have so So ill yeah well it kind of sort of moderately ill it's I mean the the whole (laughs) Covid experience is a bit like having a cold but without that the familiar time because we've had it we've all had enough colds that you know how it's going to go so you know it come mine comes in as a a tonsil thing and then it turns into a nose thing and then a cough thing. And then I know it's on the way out. Didn't have any of that. It didn't do it in the right order, but I f- but I felt like having a cold, but also a- an out of body experience <laughs> at the same time and a temperature. And, and then just, and on top of that, you kind of get up to go and get somebody to eat for breakfast. And then that wipes you out for the rest of the day. Yeah just minor amounts of activity and then you have to go sleep it off (laughs) i mean even sleeping was making me tired it got to that that, you know lying down in bed was a tiring thing to do (laughs) and that and it just got boring after a while and that was that was yeah so couldn't kind of do anything and that and that i think the out-of-body experience also is is probably what brain fog is where you can't I couldn't concentrate on anything for any length of time because it just wouldn't make sense. After So TikTok was perfect because <laughs> just, you know, 25 seconds, that was about it. That's all you could deal with. Yeah. I missed Vine. Seven seconds probably <laughs> would have been ideal. <laughs> so, yeah. But then 10 days after I tested positive, I tested negative. So that was quite, quite encouraging watching the, the offending red line goes slightly fainter. It was going, it was losing some of the yellow out of it. So it's going kind of more purplish towards the end. So it was like, yeah, having done, you know, that amount of color correcting, you're very aware of that. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, yeah, look, that, I should correct that. for the, <laughs> It's losing some yellow. But thankfully, back in time to do Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for hanging on, everybody, and thanks for the kind comments from the uh, and the unkind comments <laughs> for the faithful on the Facebook group. That's very they are all very much appreciated. Thanks very much.
2: <laughs> yeah, the unkind uh, comments were
0: mostly people you knew, not just yeah, not listeners. Yeah, no, they just yeah, get, just pull your finger out and do something <laughs> about it. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, the argument to moderation is where the assumption is made that if there are two arguments, usually opposing, mm. usually at extremes, then right. the real answer, the best answer, the most logical one, the truth, mm. is in between them. Ideally, kind of right in the middle. Right. <laughs> right. Which can possibly sometimes be the case, that a compromise between two extreme positions is the best answer. But assuming that is always the case is a fallacy, because sometimes right. one of those people is just wrong. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One one, yeah, of the, one of the answers might actually yeah.
2: be right. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't necessarily follow that if two people disagree the answer is somewhere in between their opinions. It right. it yep. can be yep. actually just one of the people who has got the right idea.
0: Yeah. Well it's a bit like the 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 BBC's balancing act when they say and for and for balance we're going to have so we've got lots of climate change activists scientists and you know right thinking people over here and for balance we're going to we're going to have an, an idiot yeah. that just doesn't believe any of that yeah
2: and that and that actually where you where they seek false balance essentially is yeah. the balance fallacy which is slightly ah, different from this right. in as much yeah. as the assumption with the balance fallacy is that all opinions are equal essentially
0: right Yep. the
2: the The people who reckon the earth is flat have have just as much right to have their voice heard as the people who yeah. know the truth so <laughs> yeah. um yeah that's not quite the same right. as this well, because're they not, one they're is, not saying, the saying that, one in that, between yeah, the if you two. listen to yeah, yeah if you listen to flat yeah. earthers and and globe earthers um yeah. then then the answer is probably somewhere in between somewhere in the that's not the really square. the argument they're making in that case <laughs> the they're, cube they're, earthers. they're saying yeah. yeah you know we should listen we should we should have balance and like yeah with the climate. Change things. Right. It's it's, yeah, it's yeah. the the conclusion that the journalists come to in that case isn't. uh It's probably probably somewhere in between what the right the climate scientists say and the climate deniers say. They just yeah, kind of yeah. they 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 teach the controversy.
0: Did. Yes, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and if they if they did do that, they did. You know, to, to talk to NASA and say, well, you know, perhaps it's somewhere in between. That's more likely to be the truth than that's just because it's in the middle, then that's the fallacy. Yeah.
2: So, unusually for this show, this is a fallacy that Trump doesn't actually commit, at Ooh. least if you believe him. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, right, with that
0: caveat, yeah, yeah. right,
2: yeah. And and the reason for that is because of his negotiation style.
0: Ah, of course, yes.
2: Because uh, his style is not to favour the, the middle, but to take yeah. an extreme position. Ideally, if he's arguing kind of to how much he should have to pay for something... Right, yep, the the yep. very very lowest amount, yeah. preferably nothing, <laughs>
0: preferably zero. <laughs> yes, yes, if he can get away with it. Yeah, so uh,
2: yeah. Uh, so I found a apart from uh, his book, The Art of the Deal, which he didn't really write, no, but you know he no. he said stuff to Tony Schwartz and he wrote it down. Right, um, and and this is when he claimed that he bought his his first kind of uh, private jumbo jet. Um, right and it was a 727 he bought it from a company that was having trouble and uh, he says in the book a new 727 sells for approximately 30 million dollars a g4 gulfstream 4 which is one fourth the size goes for about 18 million however i knew that diamond shamrock were hungry to sell and that not very many people were in the market for 727s i offered 5 million dollars which was obviously ridiculously low they counted at $10 million, and at that point I knew I had a great deal regardless of how the negotiation ended. Still, I haggled some more and we finally agreed on a price of $8 million. So they did essentially start at two extremes yeah. and agree on a compromise in the middle. Yeah. And this is a kind of common negotiation tactic that people go for if you're trying to sell something on eBay at like a buy it now price but with an offer People yeah. will kind of put in a low offer and you'll go, well, okay, let's split the difference and go kind of halfway in between. But yeah, the problem yeah. is that as soon as you, sp- you say, as soon as one of you offers to split the difference, essentially, what you're doing is your position is now that. That is now yeah. your, where you've moved to. And you're, pre- you're saying you're prepared to accept that. So that gives the other person the opportunity to split the difference again between where they were and where your yeah. new position is. Yeah. And they end up getting a much better deal. <laughs> Yeah. What happened in this case is that he has done what psychologists call anchoring by telling you first off that a new seven two seven sells for approximately thirty million dollars. Right. Not fully accurate at the time the book was written, (laughs) but it was in the region. Yeah. Is it somewhere in between kind of the you know, mid twenties and and thirty million. But this wasn't a new seven two seven that he was buying. No, it was like thirty years old. So uh,
0: right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So
2: no, that absolutely wasn't <laughs> worth anywhere near thirty million. <laughs> no, in fact, <laughs> I found newspaper articles from the time mm. which uh, talked about the the cost of private jets, and right. there were two um, organisations quoted that that essentially price up this kind of thing, and were kind of were adjusting. And this this the book was written in nineteen eighty seven yeah um or the it was a, the this happened in nineteen eighty seven the book was written slightly after but but this what the negotiation he's talking about in nineteen ninety they were saying that a seven two seven uh was worth a somewhere between depending on what kind of um seven two seven it was yeah. somewhere between three million and six million dollars
0: oh <laughs> right <laughs> um okay there was okay there was, in nineteen ninety, right? Yeah, okay. I also mm-hmm. found a an NTSB
2: crash report from nineteen eighty eight. So the year after Trump bought his seven two seven of of a seven two seven, a Delta one, uh, which had crashed, and the NTSB valued the the cost of the plane at yeah. at six million. I think it's six and a half million dollars. Right. So basically, so he, got he, he offered five million, which was pretty much what they cost that that kind of yeah. age of plane yeah and got negotiated up to 8 up. <laughs> million by the company that was in trouble and he thought i've got a really good deal here so
0: so here's art of the deal the art of the deal in the art of the deal is to sell us the reader <laughs> the idea that he's a great yeah haggler and a great at the art of the deal by feeding us some Information to orient us to thinking. Oh, right, yeah, these things are really expensive. So even the thing which he wasn't buying, which he mentioned for no reason, a G four, which is one fourth the size, goes for about eighteen million. But yeah, I wasn't that was like, one that of was those. what
2: other people were kind of buying at the time. Was the Gulfstream right. four was like the the thing to have. He right. bought a seven two seven, which was like four times the size. Right, and he got it for so, way cheaper than so a new Gulfstream port, Four. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> <laughs> it was thirty yeah. fucking years old at the 30 time. Thirty years old, and <laughs> really difficult to fly into uh-huh. private jet-sized airports. Yeah, for one, because they'll go, no, we haven't got room for seventy-seven. Sorry. Yeah, we have got, got a Gulfstream Four. We can <laughs> really accommodate that. No problem. Oh yeah,
2: but, we get yeah. those flying out all the time. Yeah,
0: all the time. Yeah. No, no, you're going to have to go to Rome and then. <laughs> And get the train sorry yeah Yeah.
2: so uh, i've i've read people who have said about negotiation that this is a a kind of a common thing in that people don't know how good negotiators they are people assume they're better negotiators than they are and the reason is because you never know what the other person was prepared to pay or go down to yeah yeah because that's how negotiation works at some point, you agree on something, and you each walk away from it thinking, oh, "I did really well there." Yeah, but, yeah. But you can, you can't know. You can only know if you got a better deal than you were prepared to let yeah. go.
0: Yes, exactly. Like
2: if you if you had ten million to spend and you got it for five million, then I yeah. guess you got a good deal. But it doesn't necessarily mean you got one over on the other people if exactly. they were prepared to take two million.
0: yes exactly so they're doing as much as they can to to hide their excitement you know the little fists drumming on the table and they're like oh my god he's gonna give us five yeah well that's that the the thing when you get those reports from people in your life when they come back from the shop and they have bought something and you say oh that's nice how was how much was that and they say on sale." It was on sale. It was less than half price. Yeah. Well, how much was it still? Yeah, it, well, it's like, yeah. What is that? It's a piston engine. Yeah. How much was that? £400,000. But it was on half. Yeah. Or you don't get the price. You just get. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. It got a real bargain. Oh, it was yeah. a bargain. Such a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a piston engine. Why did you buy it? I panicked. It was a bargain. Yeah. Such a good deal. Other times, they, you will say to somebody, oh, well, that's nice, how much was it? And they would tell you the price straight away. they go, oh, yeah, it's £5 yeah. in TK Maxx, TJ Maxx. Yeah. Say, don't, don't, it's just nice. Just <laughs> leave it at that. Unless it's very expensive uh-huh. and then you get the, well, it was yeah. 400% less. No,
2: I, I do have a tendency to tell. People, oh, this was, I got a really good deal.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much yeah. It, it was really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it was, so, I got such a great deal. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, the people over there in, you know, computer exchange are going, oh, my God, we could have, you know, it's like, what, 50? We had it on there. He yeah. misread it. it's $150. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, if, if you believe Trump, he goes for the extremes. If you believe Ted yeah. Cruz, yeah. Trump is perfectly prepared to compromise. This is what Ted oh. Cruz said. Back when they were trying to negotiate the government shutdown situation mm. around the the border security, Trump basically yeah. wanted five point seven million billion billion probably I don't know a lot of money. <laughs> he wanted the wall to be completely funded. It was five point seven yeah. billion he wanted for the wall, yeah. And said he wasn't, you know, he would veto any yeah. funding proposal that didn't fully fund the wall, yeah. And and Ted Cruz went on the Sunday shows and had this interaction with uh, Chuck Todd.
1: I hope on Monday what we'll see is finally Washington coming together and opening up the government. What that's going to take is for the Democrats to move off the position that yep. they've been taking so far of no compromise, no movement, their extreme position they've got to be willing to give in on. Does the president, though, need to move? He hasn't moved at all publicly, and it's not clear what, what the offers are uh, It's other than concrete to steel. Chuck, that's actually not accurate. The president has said over and over again, I've been in the room when he said it, that he's more than willing to compromise. He's more than willing to meet in the middle.
2: I mean, that doesn't sound like Trump. No. <laughs> and it's no. definitely not what he was saying publicly. Publicly, no. he was saying there is no movement. It's gonna, The wall is going to be fully funded. And he said on camera, I am happy to to shut down the government for border security. Yeah. I will yeah. take the blame on this. I will not blame you talking to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Yeah. Um of course he did blame them immediately. Yeah, but... yeah. Oh
0: yeah, he did it in the in the White House. It was on yeah, yeah. yes. It got Isn't... really arsey with them. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, but yeah, there was he was very, very clear that he wasn't taking a penny less than five point seven yeah. billion after costing the US about eleven billion by shutting the government down for several weeks. He yeah. basically went completely back and took absolutely nothing. He he signed yeah. the the bill that the Democrats had put through weeks before that had no funding for the wall whatsoever. Um, but yeah, he was he was not prepared to compromise no matter what Ted Cruz says.
0: And and he and he didn't. So in insofar as he didn't shift his position a, a little, he yeah. shifted <laughs> it entirely and that didn't include it at all.
2: And in in the case of the wall, yeah, if you believe, as I happen to believe, that that spending billions to replace the existing border that was there yeah. Yeah. with with a, a taller border that you can just <laughs> hand drugs through because there's big holes in it. Yeah. Um is yes. big enough if, to put a you, seesaw through. If you think yeah. that's a waste of time yeah. and money, then yeah. a compromise where you waste only two and a half billion isn't a
0: good compromise (laughs) No, not wasting (laughs) any money is the right answer is the right answer yeah the thing in the middle where you say well okay you want five billion we Mm -hmm. don't want you to spend any so let's meet in the middle we'll (laughs) let you spend two and a half billion yeah no no it's it's it's, yes, you're right. It, just because that's in the <laughs> in the middle, we go. Well, let's let's just sit around and what is it you want? What is it we want? Well, let's give you half what you want and an infinite amount more than we want to pay. <laughs> not twice, is it? <laughs> like from naught to two and a half uh-huh. billion, not just twice. And and then to say, well, that's the right answer. Well, it isn't. It would that would upset Trump because he wouldn't get what he wanted. Yeah, and it would and it would upset the people who didn't want to give him anything to give him two and a half billion. So clearly, <laughs> just because it's in the middle doesn't make it right. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Our third example in Trump world yeah. comes from Elon Speaking Musk. Speaking of just because it's in the middle <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make
0: it right. Yeah,
2: and uh, and this and the reason this is quite Trump related, and I'm not doing it in the um, fallacy in the wild bit. is because it followed Trump's Mar-a-Lago meeting with uh, Kanye West, or Yay and Nick Fuentes.
0: uh, Or fascist,
2: as we call it. Prominent (laughs) white supremacist. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Right. (laughs) Um, Kanye West, fascist. Well, that's the thing, because
2: at the time, Trump defended himself and and other prominent Republicans defended him by saying he didn't know that Nick Fuentes was going to be there. Right. Kanye, he agreed to meet, you know, he knows Kanye, he agreed to meet with Kanye, he, he came yeah. over for for food and brought this anti-Semite with him. Right. Um, and Trump <laughs> doesn't like know a, him, never like met him. Normally yeah. people
0: bring a bottle of wine, Absolutely. some flowers, sure. some chocolates, something like that, you know, something to go with the bill. No, I brought an anti-Semite. <laughs> yeah. And oh, supposedly... supposedly yeah. Shall I put it in the fridge? Or supposedly or just...
2: Ye was there to to ask Trump to be his vice president. Because yeah, he's Whoa. running for president. Yeah, yeah, in his yeah. Head. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the, so the thing is, all of the defence came out of of like, yeah, this this awful anti-Semitic white supremacist, Nick Fuentes. We didn't know he was going to be there. We don't agree with what he wants, and and all of that stuff. Yeah, they they were not at any point saying Trump shouldn't be meeting with Ye, who is yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly the same, same as that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But a lot more famous and a, yeah. a deal richer.
2: And to the extent that he then... This was about a week before he went on Alex Jones's show. Right. And just talked about how much he loves Hitler for like two yeah. and a half hours. Yeah. It was insane. To the point, yeah. it was so insane. Alex Jones was, <laughs> Told him to was, was, up. was like, oh, I don't know, this is a bit strong. not really happy about this. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Jones. He, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. like, yeah, he was saying, you know, he he said things like, "Um, nice, there, nice there's, smart uniforms. There, yeah, there's uniforms. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people uh, who you know d- deserve a lot of praise, especially Hitler, and and uh-huh. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and Alex Jones was going, yeah, but you know, people. People call you a Nazi. That that's just not right, is it? Anyway, and Ye was like, <gasps> "No, I'm a Nazi. <laughs> I love yeah. Nazis. Nazis are great. Yeah, yeah. I I love lots of things about Hitler. Uh, it was fucking insane. And wow, uh, Yay had recently got his Twitter account back because of um, Elon Musk's Mark, randomly Mark. applied um, free speech absolutism. yeah where he where he thinks that some people should have the right to do and say whatever they want and other people he's going to do something about it if they do uh and
0: follow like trackers jet
2: that kind of thing yeah 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 um but in this case yay tweeted a swastika inside a star of david thing and a few other things like that and and elon got rid of him again off twitter he he decided that was a step too far and that he yeah. should have his Twitter account taken away. Obviously, people on the left weren't upset about that.
0: <laughs> no. People
2: on the left are upset about a lot of the other stuff that Elon's been doing on Twitter.
0: Yeah, but not that.
2: People yeah. on the far, far right, like Nazis,
0: right, <laughs> right.
2: were upset that yeah. Ye had been censored in this way for yeah. just being a Nazi <laughs> and yeah, um, you know, what harm have Nazis ever done uh, yeah. to anyone? Yeah. And
0: well, yeah. Well, yeah, especially in the hands of Yay. Yeah. I mean, what harm has he yeah. ever done? Uh,
2: yeah. So um, so basically, at that exact moment yeah, everyone was pissed off with Elon for different reasons, and yeah. he tweeted, "You know Twitter is being fair when extremists on far right and far left are simultaneously upset." Twitter aims to serve center 80% of people who wish to laugh learn, learn laugh and engage in reasoned debate. So the assumption mm. that he has it seems from the beginning of that tweet is that if people on both sides are angry with you yeah you're probably in the right place. Yeah. But he's not in the middle. He's no. he's it's
0: way he's down really to the right. He's really far on the yeah. right. Yeah. It just happens yeah. there
2: are there are people even further to the well, right. to the I right
0: think. that are upset. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah, like even Attila the, the hand is going, "Wow, that's a little yeah. bit extreme." Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's not yeah. it, you know, the compromise between Hitler wanting to kill all the Jews and everyone else saying don't kill all the jews isn't kill half the jews
0: that's not the <laughs> <Yeah>. right answer <laughs> no 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 i mean it's a bit like it reminds me of when greg dyke was the uh director general of the bbc he famously said if politicians on both the left and the right get upset with us then we must be doing something yeah. right yeah and and that's not well, necessarily really, true not necessarily true no because really are you representing the 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 middle that don't get upset with you is that what you're saying so mm, mm,
2: yeah if you run a pizza restaurant yeah and there's people who think that pineapple on Pineapple's pizza fine. is yeah. a completely reasonable thing <laughs> yeah. and there's right thinking yeah. people who believe <laughs> that pineapple on pizza is an, ab- an abomination? Yeah, and you shit on a pizza. Yeah, you've upset everyone, but you're not. That's not the right thing to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's right. <laughs> and now is the time, I think, for Mark's British Politics Corner. So it's quite, it's quite interesting. Um, the the employment of the notion of middle ground and the the fallacy of using that as a kind of uh, a diversion technique, and I think that's how it's used in British politics. There's this notion that the... Well, like, like Musk's 80% of people, there's the British people who won't stand for this, and I think... Um, Whoever's in the Republican Party of any note said the American people won't stand for this. And Biden says the American people won't stand for that. And I'm serving the American people. And that's that's the kind of it's a it's a camouflaging technique. It's a, a blindsiding technique for sneaking something through based on the idea that what you're doing is dealing with all the people in the middle. And that's therefore the right thing to do. So I'm coming at, at it from that point of view. Um, in January of this year, Labour, the Labour Party called for a windfall tax on the billions of pounds of profits made by the energy firms. And in fact, Keir Starmer in question time, not question time, Prime Minister's questions at the time, quoted the head of British Petroleum, BP, Calling the, called the energy crisis a cash machine for his own company, and so what Labour was suggesting that this would pay for a freeze on the price of energy because the price of energy had gone up and beyond the um, reach of many people to pay it. So, and as a consequence of that, as amongst everything else, the price of fuel had gone up. They were making money hand over fist. So the Labour Party suggested that they tax those profits in order to pay for a freeze. There will be a national freeze on the uh, energy so the energy companies wouldn't miss out because the government would su- subsidise the uh, the payment by ordinary citizens by taxing the very profits that the energy companies would make. Quite a neat and costed exercise. But this is a bit too extreme a position for the Tory party. That's at one end of the, the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is let's not do anything at all, let's do nothing. And that was the kind of the preferred position which we got an insight into when Liz Truss was running to be um, the, the Prime Minister for 44 days and be elected by the right wing. She was saying, we're not going to tax these profits. We're all about profit. Profit is a good thing. People will cease to invest if we tax their profits. So we're not going to do that. Therefore, what we're going to do is let the energy firms keep their profits and let the people pay. So that's the the other extreme. But after a lot of pressure in the spring, finally in May, Rishi Sunak, who was then the Chancellor under Boris Johnson, finally suggested a windfall tax, and he said this. We need to think about
2: the fairest way to fund as much of that cost as possible. The oil and gas sector is making extraordinary profits, and for that reason, I am sympathetic to the argument to tax those profits fairly. But, as ever, there is a sensible middle ground. We should not be ideological about this, we should be pragmatic. It is possible to both tax extraordinary profits fairly and incentivise investment. We have built into the new levy a new investment allowance that means companies will have a new and significant incentive to reinvest their profits.
0: There was a lot of giggling at the time because they called it a temporary targeted energy profits levy and not a windfall tax because then that would show that actually they would be doing what Labour has suggested three months earlier. And the use of the phrase middle ground does two things. It shows how this is anathema to the right wing, of the Tory party, and also needs to be dressed in such a way that it appears to be pragmatic and not political. And he says it's a pragmatic solution, not a political solution. And yet it wasn't the solution either. Because on the 9th of November this year, Keir Starmer asked Sunak, who is now leader of the Tory party, about how that windfall tax had actually affected the energy giants. Take Shell. They made record profits this year, £26 billion. How much have they paid under his so-called windfall tax? Mr Speaker, there was no answer to the question because the answer is nothing. Shell haven't paid a penny in windfall tax. Why? Because for every pound they spend digging for fossil fuels, he hands them a 90p tax break, and it's costing the taxpayer billions. So the compromise that they suggested, which was the middle ground, so yes, we're going to tax these people, we're going to, it's going to look like we've adopted the middle position, which is to actually effect this windfall tax, but to appease the right wing of the Tory party and to be seen to be the, the party of business, we're going to offer an incentive for people, for the energy companies to invest. So in taxing their massive profits, all the companies had to say was, yeah, we're going to invest this. Mm-hmm. So they got a 90% <laughs> yeah. rebate. So they didn't pay any windfall tax at all. It just looked like they did. So the the position between let's do nothing whatsoever and let's actually tax the fuck out of them so that they get paid from their own profits, which seemed to be perfectly reasonable, probably the right thing to do. They adopted the middle ground, which was to make it look like they were doing that, but also frig it so that they were getting their money back. And that's been the tale of the reason why Norway has made a massive amount out of North Sea oil and Britain hasn't. So basically, the middle ground turned out, in Sunak's case, to be a cover up for not finding any solution whatsoever. So in the second example, we're returning to my thesis about the... Um, the BBC holding the middle ground, the balance fallacy versus the uh, appeal to moderation. So here's Mick Lynch, the leader of the RMT Rail Workers Union, interviewed by Michelle Hussein on BBC Today programme two days ago, I think. She's asked him to enumerate the cost of his striking members' sacrifice in terms of wages.
2: You've said they're making a sacrifice. What's wrong with putting a number
0: on it? Why do you need that number?
2: Because I'm interested in the level of
0: sacrifice. But We're why are you of a- interested Wha- in what Network Rail and the government are doing to we- working people across this country? Impoverish them what, every day. Ro- you put these lines that are directly taken from the propaganda from the other side. You never show any admiration for the fight that working people are putting up in this country for the rebalancing of our society. You never criticise the super rich for what they're doing and what they're doing to nurses, what they're doing for the postal workers. And you never seem to take an impartial view on the way that this society is balanced at the moment. So I think what he's doing is rejecting the line of questioning as vis-à-vis the need to reveal how much people are sacrificing in terms of pay... He's as an extreme view at one end, and he's saying that's an extreme view punted out by the right wing press, and it and it is. You know, they're, they're kind of uh, they're trying to demonise Mick Lynch by saying, "Well, you're making these people sacrifice the, in the way that they demonise the miners in the eighties for going on strike for a year against the the Thatcherite." Uh, machinations to destroy the unions and to destroy anything that's more powerful than the Tories themselves. The Tories really don't like other people having any power whatsoever. So even though they're shit at being in power, they don't like other people being powerful and representing lots of other people in a kind of altruistic way. They think it should be attached to profit. So the right-wing media is trying to demonise Mick Lynch in saying you're making these people give up their wages during an economic crisis. And that's on one end of the spectrum. And I think what Mick Lynch neatly does in appealing to some moderation on the part of the BBC, what he neatly does is... Is illustrate the other extreme of the views by saying why aren't you talking about the sacrifices that working people are making every day at the hands of exploitative employees who are, um, you know, perpetuating the un- the unbalance of the economy in in Britain today? It's a very neat trick insofar and, and he's and he is extremely good at it, <laughs> um in saying in not answering the question and calling in to question the validity of the question itself and at the same time shoving that down one end of the extreme by saying this is quite he's quite right, because they just re they're just peddling establishment slash right wing media lines that uh, these people are having to sacrifice things against their will blah 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 blah, all of those things he says that that you're you 're just repeating that stuff, so he shoves that down one end and in appealing for the middle ground as the right thing to do, he 's actually vocalizing the other the views up the other end. Also, quite correctly, the views up the other end are the right. Are actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. the right views? Yeah. that's the thing. There isn't. Yeah, he's
2: not calling for a compromise between the two. No, he's, he's just saying I they want don't... you to have. Yeah, some they only impartial... go on one extreme.
0: Yes, you only do this. I want you to adopt some impartiality, vis-à-vis, not saying that kind of stuff, but also pointing out the extreme sacrifices that workers have made for the past twelve years at the hands of privately run for profit organisations that were publicly run for service up until the moment that they were privatised by the current Tory party government who who have no idea whether they're privatised or not because they're just ignorant of all that stuff. It's a really neat trick and the thing about Tory party shills that are <laughs> wheeled out to defend this stuff, they fall into the trap of Uh, Well, they don't answer the question, but of avoiding answering the question rather than calling into question why that question is being asked. He kept saying, well, why do you want to know a number? It's different for different people, of course. But but the thing is, it adds up to the fact that they're prepared to sacrifice their wages in order to guarantee a better deal for the collective workforce. Yeah. That's but that's what
2: in a weird way, Mick Lynch kind of reminds me of Jennifer Lawrence. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, stick okay. with me
2: because okay. it's brilliant. All right, in the. Rather mm. than using it as a springboard to talk about what he wants to talk about, it's yeah. just like, what a fucking stupid thing are you talking about now? Yeah, yeah This, yeah, is, the, this yeah. is the issue that we are here to discuss, and this is why we're here. Jennifer yeah. Lawrence had this thing where she was like, she came across as not having had any media training when being interviewed right. about stuff. Like when she was at the Oscars and they were like, how did you prefer, prepare for the ceremony today? And she was like, I don't know, got up. <laughs>
0: yep. On some yeah. clothes, yeah. God God came in. what, what, what
2: yeah. are you asking me? Yeah. What a stupid a question? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and it's it's endearing, and it and it yeah. makes it it not only tells you something about them them as a person, yeah. but it tells you something about the kinds of stupid questions they get asked all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Mick Lynch uh, gets asked fucking stupid questions all yeah. the time. Yeah. by journalists who are trying to push a particular. Viewpoint by asking a question in a certain way and and expecting him. And he's like, Yeah, yeah.
0: this is in the the same way that Jennifer Lawrence does, it bricks the bubble of the pomposity of the self importance of the uh, environment within which those questions are seen to be meaningful.
2: It's basically saying, Why should I be expected to play along as if you've asked a sensible (laughs) question?
0: Why should I have to
2: join in this facade when. There's, you know,
0: when there's we people we could who actually are, talk like humans. <laughs> yeah, and there are people who are, are simply arguing for a better pay deal uh-huh. and more effective. Yeah, working it's conditions. not
2: complicated.
0: No, it's and it's not unreasonable. No. It's and it's the right thing to do. Calling for a compromise from that position is not the right thing to do. That's then he was peddled There he was on. Um, the morning programme, so that was the morning programme on the radio, on the BBC, on the independent television, there's a morning programme called Good Morning Britain and Richard Madeley, who is a a non-entity that married another non-entity, was (laughs) arguing with Mick Lynch and at one point Mick Lynch said, well, are you going to let me answer the question or are you just going to interrupt? You might as well be (laughs) interviewing yourself. It's not unreasonable for workers that have been denied a pay rise for the past five or six years by a company whose chief executive has awarded himself a 200% pay rise yeah. over the same time. It's not unreasonable for them to ask for better working conditions and better pay. And it's not unreasonable to ask for the government not to intervene to prevent the chief executives from meeting with the unions, which is exactly what the government did because they the, what the government 's compromise is is to stoke the culture wars so that the unions are con- continue to be demonized
2: yeah because they and that 's why the journalists continue to ask well, not even ask the question, just kind of point out these strikes are very inconvenient for people. Which, like, yes, that's That's the the whole fucking fucking point point of a strike. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) That's why they work. How
0: essential the service that (laughs) we provide is. And if you didn't have it, it would inconvenience you. And it's not unreasonable Mm -hmm. for us providing that service to ask for a pay rise that's equal to inflation. Yeah,
2: at least vaguely connected to it. Yeah,
0: Yeah. you know, and Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm dreaming of unbiased cognition just like the one I used to own. Where the premise
3: proceeds
0: to the conclusion And leads to teach you something you didn't know Oh, but I'm hearing naught but wild fallacies, with everyone who thinks they're right, may your bowels of Covid be mine. Crosby there, of course, with White Christmas. Beautiful.
2: <laughs> so, in the Fallacy in the Wild, we'd like to talk about the Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective, and this week, our first example comes from Lost in Space. Yay! This is the 60s the, original the TV series. Lost in Space, oh, the proper yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not the Man We're not compromising films. on that.
0: There's no middle ground on that. I or know,
2: or yeah. all the more recent remake series. And uh, this episode... Is all about prejudice. Right. The Robinsons are visited by an alien who they inexplicably find very handsome um, <laughs> and is, is dressed all in gold. And yeah. Dr. Smith, Zachary Smith, f- finds him very, very charming, oh, he's utterly taken in by this right. guy. Only the young girl of the family is, is, has, is any the wiser about this guy. Yeah. But mum is also quite sceptical. But he tells them... That he is uh, on this planet, he's come to to the planet to to kind of essentially have a duel with a, another alien who is very vicious and nasty, and they shouldn't kind of treat him nicely at all. They should they should right. assume that he's a bad guy. But but you know, I'm nice. I'm the good guy. Yeah. and and of you should, gold, you should a, yeah, I'm sake. made of gold. I'm very <laughs> yeah. handsome. Uh, yeah. and and you should kind of also give me all your weapons so that I can fight my enemy.
0: Our golden friend, believe me, is as handsome in spirit as he is in appearance.
3: Well, before we pass
1: judgment on Mr. Kima, I think that we should hear what the opposition has to say.
0: You know, there are always two sides to every argument, and more often than not, the truth lies somewhere in between. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. sometimes one of them's right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Penny, the the young girl, goes uh, to visit the other alien the yeah. the one they've been told is the ugly, bad horrible one yeah, yeah he's yeah. ugly he's not he's not golden right. he's not attractive he's he basically yeah. the way they've made him ugly is they've put a kind of papier-mâché frog head on him um, oh, right. and it's just like <laughs> oh, yeah it's yeah, absolutely yeah. hideous Uh, um, as far as humans are concerned and uh but she sees past it she sees Uh, the the uh, the man inside and realizes that actually the golden alien who comes across as very charming and handsome Mm. is is completely lying to them um he is fully wrong and deceptive there isn't it isn't somewhere in between the two of them like he is the aggressor yeah he is deceiving his new friends yeah um he he wants he's not only wants to have take their weapons so that he can shoot the, the person he's trying to kill but yeah. also plans to kill them. kill them all yeah um anyway so yeah, yeah. everything about that guy is bad it's yeah. not somewhere in the middle <laughs>
0: yeah and uh, does it give penny an insight into the the duplicitousness of uh dr smith i mean they're all they're, they're yeah. well aware of, yeah. of,
2: <laughs> yes. of Smith
0: by this point yeah the yeah. the, the yeah. wonder is by
2: this point how yeah. why they ever go along with anything he says or trust yeah. his instincts at all because yeah, exactly. he's always yeah. wrong about everything
0: well, but, that's because somewhere yeah. in the middle, more <laughs> often than not, the truth lies. Right. They're constantly yeah. seeking yeah. a compromise rather going. They're very oh, forgiving. For fuck's sake! Why don't we just shoot him? <laughs> Nobody here is oh, going to disagree with it. Would it. Save all yeah. the problems. They it have, would save all basically. the problems. Yeah. yeah.
2: So our second example yep. comes from The Big Bang Theory, and yep. this is an episode where they find uh, a ring. Uh, from mm-hmm. like a prop from lord of the rings right in right. Yeah. Um, a kind of box of junk and argue yeah. over who gets to keep it because they believe it is like one of the original kind of it's, rings that was forged the ring. for yeah. the film
0: <laughs> all right
2: yeah <laughs> and uh, and raj uh says that he wants to sell it and buy a a jet ski Mm-hmm. that's what that's his plan is he wants a jet ski for it <laughs> right yeah um, and the others are kind of arguing about who gets to keep it have you come to the realization that the only reasonable course of action is to sell the ring and divide the money no i was afraid of that <clears throat> go ahead
3: <laughs> greetings from mumbai i
2: am raj's attorney Venkatesh kudrapali
1: also my cousin
0: <laughs> you
1: brought a lawyer
0: don't answer that <laughs> i'll get straight to the point My client's prepared to surrender any interest he has in the ring in exchange
1: for two Kawasaki jet skis. We're not giving him two jet skis. Look, we're big boys. Why don't we just cut to the chase and meet in the middle? One Kawasaki jet ski, done and done.
3: (laughs) No
2: jet skis! (laughs) So what he wanted was one jet ski.
0: Yeah. So yeah. they started at two, With two. Yeah. So that they could they, be negotiated. And the term. only reasonable position, <laughs> uh-huh. obviously, the compromise that obviously people were gonna yeah. go for, obviously, is one jet ski. Yeah, absolutely. They could go, just going, no, in a very Mick Lynch kind of way. No, no jet skis, yeah. no.
2: And that's no, the no, thing. You
0: that. If you're yeah.
2: if you're trying to sell your car for ten thousand dollars and that's what it's worth, and someone comes along and says, I will give you one dollar it's not reasonable to meet in the middle mm-hmm. and sell it for five thousand dollars,
0: no, even if they are former president of the yeah. United States, who yeah <laughs> unless he thinks oh, yeah this um this gremlin, yeah, they're very uh-huh. rare, you know you can't get those for less I'll than give 17, you 5 million million for it. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you twice what you're asking, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: So, uh, our third example comes from South Park. And this is the gay marriage episode. Right. This is the episode where it's um, pre-federal gay marriage in the US uh, (laughs) at this point. It hadn't happened yet. And this is the governor of Colorado is being asked to make this difficult decision of whether he should allow gay marriage in his state.
1: I believe that I might have come up with a compromise to this whole problem that will make everyone happy. People in the gay community want the same rights as married couples. But dissenters don't want the word marriage corrupted. So how about we let gay people get married, but call it something else? You homosexuals will have all the exact same rights as married couples. But instead of referring to you as married, you can be butt buddies. Instead of being man and wife, you'll be butt buddies. You won't be betrothed, you'll be butt bodies. Get it? Instead of a bride and groom, you'd be butt bodies. We want to be treated equally. You are equal. It's just that instead of getting engaged, you would be butt bodies. And everyone is happy. Well, what about lesbians? Well, like anyone cares about fucking dykes.
3: Oh,
0: God, I was sure that would work. (laughs) i'm <laughs> sure that would work yeah
2: so uh yeah in attempting to find a compromise between yeah. between people who just want to have the same rights as everyone else and yeah. and the assholes who want to stop them from having those rights yeah. uh he doesn't make anyone happy
0: yeah so that and again is that it's the same Is that i'm um, very pleased to say Rishi Sunak is using the same techniques uh-huh, as yeah. in in saying that this is the compromise and and then selling you something that isn't a compromise at all. It's 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 not. It's still something that negates your rights and adds insult to the injury of not having equal rights. My other one was my email signature says the truth lies not in one of the disputed views but in some third possibility which has not yet been thought of which we can only discover by rejecting something assumed as obvious by both parties and i suddenly thought in researching this episode ooh perhaps that's a an appeal to moderation that's the middle ground fallacy is that it's we can only find the truth by rejecting either of the truths that are assumed yeah. as obvious by either end of any particular argument
2: mm. so you're going to stop using that as your email
0: signature now uh, yeah I, and i might no i might just add in brackets <laughs> or is this the appeal to middle ground fallacy i think i'll do that yeah yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> or put a link to this episode in it oh there you go oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah or is it link. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
2: That's probably the safest way to do
0: it. That's the safest way. Yeah, it's the only reasonable. It's the only reasonable compromise. <laughs> yeah.
2: So we're gonna we're gonna play fake
1: news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody, as
0: well as anybody.
2: Yes, it's time for fake news. The game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news.
0: You see, at one at one end of the, playing this game, which we have for hundreds of episodes. A hundred and tens of episodes. (laughs) At one end, there's Trump and his madness and my wish to have nothing to do with giving him any more oxygen to promote his lies, any more than than necessary. And at the other end, there's the wish to wheedle out any fakery in all its forms. So I've kind of gone for a happy medium, which I've realised is involved just like plain guesswork. (laughs) (laughs) In, in my attempt to that so which just goes to show that when you're trying to reach compromise all you have to do is guess
3: that,
0: well that's it
2: you're yeah. in luck because oh, good. this episode does yeah. not feature Trump in this section because oh
0: thank god for that
2: it's Christmas and we like to yes. we mix it up a bit at Christmas yeah. Yeah. different games and this as a special Christmas treat Uh huh. I'm giving the opportunity to to win three whole points
0: oh my god here. I could get up and beyond the, the the medium compromise. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, okay. Um, there is a Ooh. there is a fella
2: on Twitter who mm. we have talked about before, mm-hmm. who is one of Trump's most faithful, loyal acolytes. Uh, right, he's a man called Nick Adams. In brackets, oh, yes, alpha yes. male. Right, <laughs> <laughs> that's how he styles himself. <laughs>
0: In case anyone's in any doubt. Uh Yeah, yeah. Right, okay, yeah. And he Mm -hmm. tweets
2: the most banal, untrue, (laughs) bullshit, just pandering, ridiculous, to the point where Mm -hmm. it's indistinguishable from parody. There are people who are absolutely convinced that this Twitter account is parody. Yeah. And the only way I, I know it isn't, or at least... I'm like ninety percent sure it isn't is right. is that he is like he frequently appears on his Twitter account in kind of selfie videos that he does himself you know it's it's definitely right. him it's definitely his right. account, and if he is doing a parody, he is fucking committed to the bit <laughs> he has written <laughs> right. multiple books about trump he is he is like Trump appointed him to the board of the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars, which is a right. fucking joke, in 2020, right. Right. Um, he he is fully in for Trump, anti-LGBT, and like supported Amy Coney Barrett's nomination, supported Brett Kavanaugh. Right. He's really, really committed. If it is a bit, yeah. but it, he's so insane, right. it could still right. maybe be a bit. It, it, could be. it might. I'm not absolutely yeah. ruling it out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What I have is a series of tweets by him. Yeah. I have yeah. three um sets of three, and each okay. each set, one of them is one I made up.
0: Right. Okay.
2: So <laughs> set number 1.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Tweet number 1. Yeah. Prince Harry is a beta male who takes instruction from his wife and has never been to a Hooters. <laughs>
0: Because that's the mark of an alpha male. It absolutely is, in Nick Adams'
2: view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like his favourite yeah.
0: place. Right, uh, right. Tweet number two. Let's face it, it's the only way he's <laughs> going to get near to a girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: number two, Herschel Walker was one of the strongest candidates for US Senate in recent history. Right. And <laughs> right. Uh, statement number three. <laughs> yeah. John Voight is a better actor than Tom Hanks will ever be. Audiences hate woke beta males.
0: John Voight's played some woke beta males before woke beta males were he's pla yeah <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> right. Okay. Mmm uh, Prince House of Beta males to so take uh, instructions from his wife and everything. Mmm so I quite like the Herschel Walker one. It's a straightforward one which could belie the the gymnasts behind it, okay. Uh, and John Voight. See, now, yeah, see, that's a very, uh, in a way, that's a gym giveaway, given our predilection for film. John Voight and John Back. Okay, I think then, okay, I'm going to go for number three is the one you made up.
2: Okay, and Uh, uh, number three, because I haven't got anything to play you. Because yeah. they're tweets. They're so tweets, I'll, just, yeah. I'll just tell you. Okay. Number three is...
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: The one I made up.
0: Hey! Oh, right. oh Jesus Christ. So that so means... You've, you've got Persia a point. Walker was the strongest <laughs> candidate. Was re- that is, that's was a real, real. thing he said. <laughs> wow. Which is oh, a fucking sick God. burn
2: on all of the other Senate
0: candidates yeah. <laughs> in recent history. <laughs> <laughs> Given how <laughs> successful he was... Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, the Prince Harry's a beta male, that's a very... Uh-huh. It, it rings true of <laughs> alpha males. Yeah, well, well, it rings true mm. of, of males who can't deal with strong women. Yes.
2: Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. They hate yeah. Meghan Markle, like Piers, Piers Morgan. He, he hates Meghan Markle because yeah. she's a strong, intelligent woman, that, and he yeah. can't cope with that, so...
0: Right. So, oh great, yeah. One. Yay. One Woo. point. Oh, it's like Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All righty. Okay. Set
2: number two. Uh-huh. Tweet one. Yep. Nobody knows the constitution better than Donald J. Trump. Full stop.
0: Right. Right.
2: Tweet number two. Yeah. If Donald J. Trump had been president in nineteen thirty nine, Hitler wouldn't have invaded Europe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think Yay yeah, would disagree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well actually reading that out to Kanye, he'd kind of it's a bit like when Spock says something to a computer and makes it <laughs> makes yeah. it self destruct. Uh-huh. That's a that, yeah. If you said that to <laughs> Kanye, it would just explode, wouldn't he? And statement right. uh, tweet
2: number three. Yeah. Alpha males should strive to have a better relationship with their butcher than their wife.
0: <laughs> so- Strive is a very odd verb to use. There. Put the work in <laughs> yeah. to your relationship yeah. with your with butcher. Because <laughs> 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 you have a relationship with your wife, which basically she's your wife, and then but but you should on top of that you should strive. Oh, that's a reminder of a conversation we had <laughs> last night as rehearsing with the band of uh, who made all the music in the show so yeah go check it out and uh, Ian the singer was telling us how he he strives to have a good relationship with the people who collect his trash the bins <laughs> the bin collectors and uh, and goes and and gives them a christmas bonus mm. and consequently they will t- he could put anything out and they will take it away. Like, like, old like a dead
2: body. Stays.
0: Dead body, exactly. <laughs> that was my first thought. One of those suspiciously rolled up carpets. Yeah, oh, it's just an old carpet, a bit lumpy carpet, is it, Ian? Yeah, yeah, he will take that, no problem. Yeah, just shove it in the masher, be fine. Yeah, yeah. Alpha male should, str- okay. I think that. I really like the Donald J. Trump should be present. That, hmm. Hmm. Okay. In that, in that one, I got a terrible feeling that I'm choosing the one. I, nobody knows the constitution. I think that number two is the one that you made up. Okay. Because it's such a, because it's a, it's a good gag. And number two. Yeah. Is. Yeah.
2: Fake news. That's the one oh, I made up.
0: Oh, What? You're, You're yeah. on fire. Oh
2: see?
0: yeah, yeah. Oh my god. So uh, so that means you should strive to have a better relationship with your butcher than your wife. It's a real thing. Uh-huh. Oh dear. And also see the one the thing that nearly tipped me to number one was full stop.
2: I wondered. I wondered mm-hmm. if it might. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But he is, Nick Adams, as yeah. as American as apple pie, is Australian, which is why, ah, why name he names. said yeah, uh, he's yeah. he's um, Australian by birth, American by choice. <laughs> right.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Bring okay, it so, on. Number so, three. This number three. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Stay, uh, tweet number one mm-hmm. I'm in Europe right now, and the people here love President Trump. The media is lying when they say President Trump's policies are not popular here. Right. Tweet number two. This morning I was asked if I wanted oat milk in my coffee. I informed the girl behind the counter that it's not physically possible to milk an oat and immediately <laughs> left the coffee shop. I will never return.
0: Oh, I bet they're really sad at its <laughs> <His> disappearance. <Right. laughs> milk and oat. <laughs> right. Tweet number
2: right.
0: three. <laughs> right. Melania
2: yeah. Trump is the most impressive female world leader since Cleopatra, and it's not particularly close.
0: That's a very odd qualifier. Isn't it? <laughs> okay, the m- most people. A world leader in what? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Europe might know the people here love President Trump. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay, I really desperately want oat milk to be <laughs> to be real. Uh, Milani transmissive. most of it. I think right that the uh, mm, 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 not particularly close. I think given that he is who he is, an American by choice, but an Australian. All right. Okay. I think mm, I think number three is the one you made up. Most impressive female world, lead, world leader since Cleopatra. Okay. Yeah.
2: And number three. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Real. That was a real oh, thing. Oh bloody hell! I don't hell. know where, what part of the world he thinks she leads <laughs> or has ever <laughs> yes, led.
0: Exactly. And how? <laughs> and how is that impressive, g- given what we know about Cleopatra <laughs> and the times in which she. I mean, existed. impressive it's since really Cleopatra. Impressive.
2: So, like, like you know, Cleopatra was better. But since
0: Cleopatra, there hasn't been right. a, a more impressive, a more impressive like, world leader. Know, Thatcher like or... The Queen. Angela Merkel. Indira Gandhi.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a gold in my ear. I mean... Yeah, yeah. Jacinda Ardern. Jesus Christ. She's the oh, most pff, impressive female yep. world leader in a yep. long time. Yeah. Sanna Marin, the, uh, the Finnish... Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. there's just a t- there's so many there's so many <laughs> great examples since Cleopatra. Melania would not
0: be on the <laughs> list. She the wouldn't list. be.
2: She wouldn't be a long way down. She was. She doesn't make the list.
0: No. So no, because she's not impressive. Yeah. Or a world leader.
2: So uh, yeah, the one that is not Nick Adams in this group is number yeah. one. Uh, I didn't. Oh, what? I didn't. So the, oat m- the oat milk is real. The oat milk is real. I mean, it didn't happen. That no, it was just a thing he, he no. made up. But yeah, yeah, I didn't make up number one. Number one yeah. is a, another Trump sycophant called Bridget Gabriel. Right. Who is, I mean, it, again, if I didn't know that Nick Adams, like I'd seen videos of Nick Adams and I've seen videos of Bridget Gabriel. If I didn't yeah. know that, yeah. they would the same people. They're the same. Right. They they basically tweet kind of very similar stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And it's yeah. So it's uh, it was a little bit of a tricky one, but <laughs> but yeah, that was a that was a thing she she made up uh, quite recently. Wow, wow. Yeah, um, yeah, and and all the Europeans on Twitter instantly went, that's bullshit. That's bullshit, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I don't know who you talk to, but yeah, no, we don't, no, we don't want that. Thank you very much. Whereas Melania, one of the world leaders that we can't fail to be impressed by. <laughs> no, no, did I, did I say can't? I mean...
2: I can, can fail, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not can only. No, yeah. no, yeah.
0: can only. I
2: absolutely, yeah. I frequently fail to be impressed yeah. by her.
0: <laughs> yeah. Co- constant. <laughs> I think it's probably safe to say, all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. So as, no as it's time, Christmas, M. I. yeah. There's du- double it. Up. There's
2: there's a, an extra bonus. Oh. Uh, for patrons, which uh-huh. we will, which is an, another another fake news. This one will be featuring recent things by recently defeated senatorial candidate Herschel Walker. Right. Uh, and it it won't be scored because the, the we have to have integrity in the game and you know this this is only going to be for patrons so right. uh, so if you want to hear that if you're not a patron you can join at, at patreon dot com slash ftrump well you got two of the of the Ooh, ones yeah. correct so yeah. so we're what we're going to do yeah is I'll increment the total by right. one because one episode okay. but I'll give you two points. For this ooh, episode, you see, ooh, so you're now on fifty-two cool. out of one hundred and four, which is, but you're oh, back up to fifty percent. Woohoo!
0: There you go. Merry see, Christmas. See what? We, see, what <laughs> see what we've done there is we've gone for the middle ground. Yeah, we've, we bargained. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Fantastic. <laughs> what a marvelous present. Thanks so much. <laughs>
2: So it's time for the part of the show that this week at least is called Jack Smith is not a logical fallacy.
0: It's such a cool name as well. It's kind <laughs> of like it's like no uh, nonsense. Yeah. Just, exactly. It's, yeah. it's it's sort of Jason Bourne. It's it's Reacher. It's it's all uh-huh. of that. It's, you know, oh, it's a it's a proper secret agent's name. Isn't <laughs> it? It's an all action hero. Kind of name, isn't it? It's not John. It's not John. it's Jack. Uh-huh. So yes, yeah, there's a, a little bit of you know, a little bit of a square bottle of whiskey involved. He's <laughs> slightly ugly. He's a bit rugged. He's an all-action hero. He's a he. He,
2: he looks like a scary motherfucker. Actually, I know. He is, he's
0: and quite young. He's been yeah. doing it for thirty odd years. It was, when, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when yeah,
2: when it was first announced, yeah, um, they the they grabbed a photo of him wearing yeah. this kind of purple fronted outfit and yeah. and people on twitter were like oh is he like a, a an enterprise captain or something <laughs> and 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 then, and then, people who'd actually looked it up were like, "No, that's the outfit he wears for prosecuting war criminals at the Hague."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, no messing about. Exactly. Kind of, okay, yeah. So, all right, all right. We're going to get another one. It's going to be another kind of mullet kind uh-huh. of guy who's just going to be a bit very big, circumspect, and kind of go over there. are... There's no examples of where we couldn't say that they didn't do blah blah blah. No, no, he's prosecuted war criminals at the Hague for a decade. That's, yeah, yeah,
2: chief yeah. prosecutor in yeah. the International Criminal Court in Hague. Yeah. So yeah, he he knows what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> he's, he's he has a done. He has carried yeah. out some very complicated prosecutions. Um, he has not shied away from bringing prosecutions where there wasn't like a guaranteed win to happen. It was like yeah. you know this this is a thing which needs to be adjudicated in court, so I'm going to bring it anyway, and we're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he was appointed essentially when Trump announced that he was running for president because Merrick Garland was uh, ensconced in various. Um, Investigations against Trump, basically the January 6th and the Mar-a-Lago ones in particular, and uh, at that point it became politically difficult because
0: realistically Trump is going to be running against Biden.
2: There's an appearance of impropriety no matter how, uh, how it's done. Which so at that odd, point,
0: if, if that was the Republicans, they'd just go, "Yeah, what the? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely." Whereas yeah. the Democrats are going, ah, "Yeah, it looks a bit dodgy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so at, at that point, that.
2: Yeah. the the sensible thing to do is to put someone else in charge of this uh, investigation, yeah. who is separate from the DOJ. Essentially, he's separate from Merrick Garland. He's uh, Merrick Garland uh, appointed him, has the ability to fire him. But would have to make a a good case as to why he would have to go to Congress basically if he wanted to yeah. fire him and and argue why uh, Jack Smith had not done his job properly or had not been performing his duties. He he can't just say mm-hmm. yeah you're not doing it anymore. I'm taking over. Yeah. Um. And Congress can't fire him either. Uh. The only person who can fire him is the Attorney General. And and again he he has to show cause. He he kind of is allowed to get updates from Smith. Of how the investigation is going on, what's going on, but he isn't overseeing the investigation. Smith is in charge right.
0: of it, right?
2: So that kind of separates it out a bit, and it means that the person who Biden appointed isn't in charge of the um, the investigation. And and right, he's got quite a broad scope in in the investigation. He has he has been essentially assigned to look at the Mar-a-Lago documents case, mm-hmm. where Trump stole secrets and took them back to his golf club, and uh the january 6th insurrection yeah um and things that come out of that investigation including potentially obstructions into those investigations uh fall under the scope of the stuff that that uh jack smith is is allowed to look at and and encouraged in a way to prosecute yep. if he finds crimes um and that is one of the ways in which this is quite different from robert muller his investigation, because his yeah. scope was quite artificially narrowed by Rod Rosenstein, um, the the acting attorney general at the time, or deputy attorney general, I think, at the time, um, who who it came out after the whole investigation had had various conversations with Mueller, kind of narrowing his scope and saying he was really only allowed to look at, kind of basically whether they could prosecute Trump, which right. Muller kind of went into it with the OLC memo, the office of legal counsel memo saying you can't indict a sitting president kind yep. of having that already decided for him. Mm. And mm. so his, his report became here are crimes he committed. <laughs> here's, here's the memo that says we can't prosecute him. There's not a lot I can do about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind yeah. of saying, you know, Congress do something about it. Congress, you know, take the next step. Yeah. For Smith, None of that is the case because his, right. his scope is more broad. He's allowed to bring in um, other uh, crimes that come up in the course of what he's looking at. Uh, and also there's no, uh, there's no Office of Legal Counsel memo that says you can't indict a former president. That's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been done before, but there's no, there's no legal reason why it couldn't be done. Yeah. And um, one of the other main differences is that when Mueller was brought in, uh, he essentially had to form a team and an and a, an office of investigation and start from scratch and look at everything himself. Yep. And everything was separate to what the DOJ were doing. Smith has been brought in essentially to oversee the investigations that the DOJ have already been running right. with. Yeah. Yeah. So he is taking over that team, supervising that team, and running the 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 investigation from this point on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there is an infrastructure already there. There's agents there. There are there. Are you know, people who know what they're talking about. He seems to already know what he's talking about, based on the stuff he's been doing so far.
0: Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> wasted no time, has he? That the the bit that amused me is that he was supposed to take up the position um, some weeks ago uh, earlier, but he he'd suffered a bicycle accident, so mm-hmm. he's based in the in the Netherlands, which is a bicycle friendly place is <laughs> flat and and to have suffered a bicycle accident sufficient to prevent him from leaving the netherlands and coming to the states it's got that's how badass he is mm. <laughs> how yeah. fucking fast must you have been riding and how dangerous to suffer a bicycle in what's a bicycle friendly i mean the the When you try and cross the road in Amsterdam, for instance, it goes pedestrians, massive bike lane, then the trams, then the cars, and then the other way, the cars, the trams, and the bike lane, and then pedestrians. So you've really got to be doing something absolutely outrageous to suffer a bicycling (laughs) accident sufficient to stop you leaving the country i mean that, it didn't it yeah. didn't
2: stop him for long no um, and and it didn't stop him from getting involved almost immediately
0: yeah
2: right like within uh i think within a week of being appointed he sent a letter um to the 11th circuit this is the um the judge eileen cannon who had given trump the the special master uh yeah. raymond deary on his uh documents case um citing anomalous jurisdiction, which she basically made up and the and the Trump team didn't even ask for, despite her basically yeah. going, uh, uh, I'll definitely go with anomalous jurisdiction if you suggest
0: it. If you suggest it, yeah. yeah. But She okay. did it what? Uh, what? on her what you own. Saying? Yeah. Um, How yeah. oh, about Christ mate? Like, <laughs> I'm gonna do it for you. Yeah. So the Department yeah. of
2: Justice appealed that decision yeah, quite really. reasonably. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: And um and Jim Trusty, one of Trump's lawyers, uh in Answering that appeal, he gave, it, uh, at oral arguments, he was asked by the 11th Circuit judges uh, for any examples of other cases where this has been the case, where there's been an, uh, a... Because um, he, he claimed that the government should uh, be enjoined by the court to to provide the special master, essentially, to, to allow the special right. master to continue. And, and so the court said, OK, well, give us... An example of a case where that's happened, yeah. <laughs> and he couldn't, which is not yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> Uh and like one of the things that you see in anything you watch about lawyers, yeah, is they they tend to be citing cases. Yeah, when they
0: a bit, a bit, kind of is yeah. precedent when they argue something. Yeah, they, no, they we ought to do it like say, this because the last time this was done like this, that guy. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, so he couldn't come up with the name. He couldn't come up with a case about yeah. where, where it was done. Uh, but the next day, he he wrote the letter and went, oh, I thought of one. This is brilliant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't believe I didn't yeah. think of it on top of my head. Yeah, The one yeah. That, that you want to know, the one that you're yeah. asking about, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. the Rudy Giuliani case. Remember when uh, the FBI raided Rudy Giuliani's office and they yeah. stole all those documents? That's they, the precedent. Yeah, yeah, he got a yeah. special master to to check uh, whether those documents were privileged information. Yeah. Um, and the yeah. court went. Well, I mean, it's not a great analogy, is it? And and involves um,
0: <laughs> <He told> Giuliani. <laughs> yeah, for and one. and so Jack Smith
2: wrote a letter on Thanksgiving Day, nice. to yeah. uh, to the Eleventh Circuit saying, okay you know defense counsel has has made this case or, or jim trustees made this case um he's he's referred to this giuliani case here's the reasons that's not the same yeah <laughs> um yeah among the reasons are that was the lawyer's office not someone's home um yeah the 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 government wasn't enjoined <sighs> by a court they they voluntarily like they decided to do the special master thing yeah so no and also then nobody argued anomalous jurisdiction at all in that case. So yeah. so all the things that you're looking it for in terms of... The the same yeah, as... No, yeah. none of those are true. No. Uh, and, and subsequent to that, possibly because of that, um, the special master has since been removed from the case mm-hmm. and the Department of Justice have access to all of those documents that they yeah. seized in the search warrant that was granted when they were looking at, at mar a Although I don't know if it's fair to say that he got that, he made that happen, but he certainly weighed in on that case in a way that that kind of smacked down Jim Trusty.
0: It kind of reminds me that his approach reminds me of that Australian interviewer that he interviewed yeah, Trump, Jonathan Swan, yeah, who just went. What? No, but it yeah. just, he no, was like, The emperor's <laughs> new clothes. He just <laughs> the, What are you talking about? You can't do that. Well, I'm the president. I go, no, <laughs> you can't. You're showing me these numbers, but they don't, you're using numbers in a way that doesn't exist. <laughs> That's But yeah. I'm the president. No, that doesn't make any difference. You can't change the way that objective truths are viewed. And that's what Jack Smith. He's kind of come in as the um, the the Deus Ex Machina in <laughs> in um, uh, the Crucible. Who kind of comes in and says, "No, what, what are you doing? That's these aren't witches. You've just perpetuated <laughs> your class war in the in the name of Jesus Christ. What are you doing?" Uh, that that and it's it's amazing to me that it's taken. This long <coughs> for somebody who's sensible, <laughs> yeah, somebody who does stuff in the real world to be assigned to this. So,
2: I mean, I think yeah. if to be fair, I think if Smith hadn't been appointed at this point, the those are exactly the arguments the DOJ would have made. They brought this appeal to the 11th yeah. Circuit with, for exactly these reasons, yeah, because because the anomalous jurisdiction thing was always bollocks, and they knew it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so they were going to be able to make the case fairly well, but he just, yeah, he, he kind of swooped yeah. in and did it. He's cause... kind of,
0: yeah, he's expedited it that, that yes. much quicker, yeah. And it's really kind of quite neat that in prosecuting this case that the Department of Justice got, okay, what we need, we need a serious heavyweight guy who's an American. Oh, yeah, there's a guy. Oh yeah, Jack Smith yeah, Jack Smith. <laughs> yeah. He's what's he done? He's brought people that affected genocide scaled stuff in Europe. Yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> that's what we and that's what it takes to burst the bubble of the bullshit surrounding Trump. It takes somebody that prosecutes regimes that brought about genocide scaled atrocities on a war basis we've got how is it that trump supporters are complicit in what he does that it needs that enormity of a prosecutor to come and deal with it and just push it all aside to go yeah uh, on thanksgiving and going yes (laughs) What you've just said is bollocks. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? It's that. And so it's the best of all worlds, but also a cruel indictment of how shit the support for Trump is that they just let him get away with this stuff. But there's an American that does proper grown up prosecution that's been employed by Americans to take Trump down. And also point out how have we been complicit in not letting Trump be taken down for this long? Yeah. So it's, it's both yeah, encouraging I mean, it's, it's and very, also dispiriting. Uh, well,
2: it's difficult to say. Merrick Garland's approach in this has been methodical. Mm-hmm. It has It has been behind the scenes. He has mm. said publicly the DOJ speaks through its court filings they mm-hmm. they don't make statements about ongoing cases they don't tell people yep. what they're doing um they are working diligently behind the scenes to build up these cases and, and get the evidence together and and build a case that they know they can win yep. most importantly and the the time frame is similar to the kind of um like the Watergate case right. um yep. you yep. know in terms of how long things take to Go from a point where you know something was done to yeah. getting all the evidence together in a way that means you can take it to court. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, it hasn't been quick, and that's frustrating. But I'd much rather they do it properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Than than yeah. go. Oh, yeah. We should just. Uh, everyone knows he's guilty. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everybody
0: knows. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So on one end people think he's not guilty, the other end people think he is. Yeah. Let's he's just guilty find of some, half some the sort. Things. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he's guilty of half of the things, he's gonna be in prison uh-huh. for four hundred years. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So um yeah, Smith has been doing other stuff as well as, as uh sending letters to the eleventh circuit. He's been subpoenaing people, which is fun. Right. Yeah. Uh, he sent uh subpoenas to um Brad Raffensburger. And um Pat Cipollone uh, and Patrick wow. Philby, Pat Sipoloni's deputy, to yep. testify in front of a grand jury. Um and this is in wow, we... uh, in reference to January sixth, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And their attempts to overturn the election overturn the election. And um with with Raffensburger obviously they have the the phone call that yeah. Trump made yeah. saying that he wanted him to find so eleven
0: thousand seven hundred more votes. Yeah. Uh so yeah.
2: so again, you know, the uh, the it's on tape and he's definitely yeah he's definitely committing a crime. Yeah. And um, you think
0: why well, why is <laughs> why has nothing been done about that? I mean it ha- it's, again now. they've been they are. So the people traction. in
2: in um uh in Georgia have been have been working on that. There is a a separate investigation underway apart uh, aside from the federal investigation that's going on uh in Georgia and into that case. Um and and I think there was a separate grand jury yep. paneled in Georgia for that. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's happening on multiple fronts. Um, also, more recently, on December 6th, um, Smith subpoenaed several of the officials in the battleground states who were part of the fake elector scheme. Right yeah to yep. to try and get kind of you know alternate slates of electors who were yep. prepared to say that Trump had won
0: <laughs> yes yeah people uh, people that weren't official yeah. members of any kind of yes yeah, yeah people
2: who just got together in a wendy's parking lot and said, yeah Trump won, yeah, it's fine let's let's Whatever. make that yeah. claim How much and, you giving us yeah 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 um so that that is also moving, so it seems like he is he's moving forward on multiple fronts uh on on the I mean this is all the January sixth stuff, but there's every reason to believe that he's moving forward with the with the Mar a Lago case Mar-a-Lago. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um in fact the just recently it's been announced that they found more uh documents, more more wow. classified, I think, documents. Right. Um certainly ones they shouldn't have, um, in a, <laughs> yeah, a storage yeah. facility. Yeah. Uh that um uh, supposedly, and I don't think this is a good argument. Um, Trump didn't doesn't even know kind of what's in the storage facility. Yeah. Yeah, and that
0: thing. <laughs> nobody cataloged yeah, it. Like people, what, uh,
2: yeah. We've got so many. We did. We had so we many ju- documents. We
0: just took loads of I stuff. Don't, I I can't uh,
2: remember where I put all the uh, documents. It's Some it's, of them, ig- you know. Yeah,
0: ignorance, <laughs> ignorance, no defence so, in the eyes of the law. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, basically, at the point a few months ago, after the the raid on Maralaga, yeah. the search warrant, yeah, the DOJ asked again for assurances that. They had definitely now got all of the, the secret yeah. documents. Yeah. Have we got anything? Because yeah. yeah. previously, Trump's lawyers had signed a thing saying, "Yeah, we totally yeah, give, yeah. we've looked everywhere. We we've given yeah. you everything." Yeah, and they went, "Well, you know, we just we had a quick look and we found like hundreds of them." Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: So <laughs> oh, can you check in again? There. Oh, <laughs> we didn't know you were meant. We just look in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Could you? T- yeah, yeah. Could you just check again? Maybe. So
2: based. Yeah. Uh, apparently, at least partly on that, um, the Trump organization hired a an outside team to do a search of yeah um, like
0: people with eyes yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: of, yeah. of other facilities yeah. owned by Trump or, or leased by Trump or whatever. Is that
0: kind of that. Have you ever watched that show where people buy? the storage facilities, yeah, yeah. the yeah. abandoned ones. Mud- and you go, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's that
2: storage guy- <laughs> wars or there's a yeah. few of them. It's, yeah,
0: yeah. it's gonna turn up on that. There'll be a piece of camera going, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we bought this thing as abandoned. We just yeah. opened it. It's just full of paper. <laughs> we don't know what uh-huh. it is. There's some guy with a mullet who's reading it and going this says top secret on here, Wilma. Yeah, they <laughs> oh, yeah, no, thought that's, that's not worth anything. There's only VCRs in there or some eight tracks. We surely we could sell those. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly. It's so exactly um that. could you just look again? <laughs> yeah.
2: So yeah, the the um additional two two additional documents with classified markings were found in this facility wow. in Florida, and now they're pretty sure they've got everything. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I guess it's a kind of toss-up between the, the National Archives going, well, we're expecting, you know, 400-weight of this uh-huh. stuff. You have three truckloads. We've only got two truckloads. There's probably a yeah. truckload missing somewhere. Let's go look at the catacombs yeah. below Mar-a-Lago. Well, you know, the, uh, yeah, three truckloads,
2: uh, zero truckloads. The truth is... Somewhere,
0: somewhere in the middle. And <laughs> bit yeah. often, yeah. <laughs> and, you see, and, of course, the other point of view is that Trump... <laughs> kind of kind of whined almost immediately when when Trump said told Fox News of course that you know it's not acceptable it's so unfair it's so political and he goes <laughs> why is it? it's so unfair it's kind <laughs> of <Yeah. laughs> it's unfair honestly you can't I even don't want it. <laughs> can't even
2: steal classified documents anymore. <laughs>
0: no you can't. as a president you can't just take what political you want greatness and Health and safety. Health and safety. (laughs) Gone. Yeah. No. Utter, utter, (laughs) utter madness. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about this Christmas episode.
2: Of all the many, many legal cases involving Trump, it's a bit of a shame that the tax fraud case against the Trump organisation and the Trump Payroll Corporation didn't feature Trump himself as a defendant, particularly since the jury found them guilty of 17 (laughs) counts of criminal tax fraud and falsifying business records. So the Trump Org is a convicted felon, but we'll have to wait a bit longer to say the same about Trump since CFO Alan Weisselberg insisted on claiming Donald didn't know anything about the cheques Trump signed to pay for Weisselberg's grandchild to go to a private school or the rental agreement Trump signed for Weisselberg's luxury apartment. While it's nowhere near as good as Trump getting convicted of anything at all, it's not nothing. On top of the roughly $1.6 million of fine, the Trump Hog will have to declare the fact that it's a felon any time it wants to borrow money to buy or develop any property, which is the kind of thing that makes banks stop lending you money. (laughs) The verdict also makes it very clear that it's possible to secure a conviction against something Trump-shaped, despite the ever-present danger of at least one red-hatted nutter being on the jury.
0: In what might be seen as an allegorical parallel to the question mark hanging over the future of Garris Southgate as manager of the England national football team, having managed not to win the World Cup by missing several penalties again, RNC chair Rona McDaniel may be out of a job after three stints since during which her team lost the House and the Senate, the presidential election, and in the midterms, her team fell far short of expectations. Still, I guess it could be worse. There could be someone who fancies their chances in the role, who's as stupid and ill-suited as, say, I don't know, that my pillow fat Rupert Pupkin guy, Mike Lindell. What? Wait a minute, I'm, I'm just checking my notes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes, he's reckoned he's standing. In an online interview with Steve Bannon, Lindell said, in true Trump fashion, I'm all in. And one of the things that one of the big donors said to me, he said, Mike, everyone wants you to be head of the RNC. Some of them just don't know it yet. Well, it looks as though he's truly got the RNC running through his veins. After all, he was seen at the White House after the January 6th attack with a paper with the words Insurrection Act and Martial Law, if necessary, on it. And the House Select Committee investigating January 6th subpoenaed his records. And more recently, the FBI served him with a search warrant two months ago. And at the time... Agent seized his cell phone, so either he's a perfectly qualified shoe in for the job or Ronald McDaniel can be feeling a little more confident about staying for a fourth term.
2: In more Trump isn't going to prison yet but this doesn't hurt legal news, Oath Keepers founder Stuart Rhodes and co-defendant Kelly Meggs were found guilty of seditious conspiracy for their part in planning the January 6th insurrection. Naturally, we can't talk about Stuart Rhodes without mentioning in the words of the Guardian article about the verdict that he wears an eye patch after accidentally <laughs> shooting himself in the face. <laughs> but, arguably more importantly, he shot himself in the foot by putting so much of the planning in writing with his many, many text messages playing a key role in the conviction, along with a recording the FBI obtained of him saying his only regret was that they hadn't taken rifles with them on the day because if they had, they would have hanged Nancy Pelosi from a lamppost.
0: Surely you'd need rope for that, not rifles. This is the first
2: seditious conspiracy conviction for almost three decades, but it probably won't be the last since four other members of the Oath Keepers go on trial this month. Crucially, Rhodes didn't even enter the capital on January 6th, so what the prosecutors in this case have shown is that they can get a conviction against people who fomented the insurrection even if they didn't take part in it, which is exactly the kind of result that should scare certain other insurrection mm-hmm. fermenters.
0: On December 13th, the Respect for Marriage Act was signed into law. It requires the U.S. federal government and all U.S. states and territories to recognize the validity of same-sex and interracial civil marriages in the United States and protect religious liberty. As Indiana Republican Senator Todd, who votes for the act, said, dignity and respect are not a zero-sum proposition. We can and should strive to ensure all citizens enjoy them in equal measure. The Respect for Marriage Act moves us closer to that ideal. But it didn't stop him receiving letters of censure from the local Indiana Republican Party who want to have the right to determine whether the legality of same-sex interracial or inter-religion marriages can be overridden at their state level if they feel like it. Nor did it stop laura ingraham from ranting on fox news that it was a bill that moves to restrict freedom of religion and freedom of speech even meaning whether you're catholic or evangelical or maybe muslim any serious person of faith you will not necessarily have the right tomorrow that you had yesterday no laura you're wrong that's the opposite of what it does it secures marriage and religious rights so they don't go the same way as Roe v. Wade. What it actually does is take away your rights on the right to take away the rights of non-cis, non-wasp people you just happen to not like and think you know better than. Of course, you have the right to whine, your ranty, biased, homophobic, racist opinion, but we have the right to call you out on all your fractal wrongness.
2: If you consume mainstream media, you definitely won't have heard of a thing called the Twitter files. I'm reliably informed by responsible journalists such as Tucker Carlson, Dinesh D'Souza and Charlie Kirk that woke leftists at Washington Post, MSNBC and the like have actively suppressed stories about the most explosive evidence ever uncovered of election interference, First Amendment violations and bombshells that prove every conspiracy theory Trump followers ever theorised was undeniably true. It's definitely not the case that the reason that the lamestream media have ignored the Twitter files is because they're a series of boring internal communications that reveal no new information to anyone who's paid even the slightest attention over the past few years. The Twitter files, as Elon and his minions seem determined to call them, started as a 36-tweet thread by Matt Taibbi about Twitter's suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. As listeners to this show will already know, Twitter disabled links to the story in the New York Post due to their policy against hacked material and doxing, and then looked into the specific case and reversed their decision the very next day. This inability of Twitter's users to follow a link to a story for a day apparently lost Trump the election, leading to him calling this week for a termination of all rules, including the ones in the Constitution. Which seems like a bit of an overreaction. One of the smoking guns that various right-wingers pointed to as evidence of the government using Twitter to violate the First Amendment was an exchange of emails in which one content moderator sent a series of links to tweets which the Biden campaign had alerted them to. A reply came back, simply saying, handled. Setting aside for the moment the fact that Trump was president at the time, so a private citizen asking a private company to take down tweets has nothing to do with the First Amendment – Some proper journalists actually looked up what those tweets involved, and they were all pictures of Hunter Biden's dick. (laughs) Twitter's policy against posting news without the consent of the subject meant they were right to remove them. I could go into more detail about the rest of the Twitter files, but ultimately every single one comes down to private company moderates content on their own platform.
0: Yep. Little ray of sunshine, Brian K. Pritchard is running in a January 3rd special election to replace former Georgia Speaker of the House David Ralston, who died shortly after winning the election last month. Pritchard isn't a ray of sunshine. He's straight out of central casting. Right wing, online, web show, ranty, cat's ass of a mouth, picky eyed, spray on grey hair, fat, loud mouth, election denier. You know, the kind of description you type into an AI image generator. He's a prime candidate since the office of Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr, one of the officials Pritchard accused of being complicit in the stolen election, said in a filing that Pritchard had illegally voted five times in 2008 and four times in 2010 while still on probation after he pleaded guilty in 1996 to felony forgery and theft charges in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania. In Georgia, former felons aren't allowed to vote until they've completed their sentence, which includes probation. In further proof of the suitability of his candidacy as a potential lawmaker, Pritchard said he was not aware he was considered a felon when he cast his ballots. He also said in an intimidating and bullying phone call to Dawson County News, I will not be intimidated. I will not be bullied. No one's going to keep me out of this race, which is... Kind of true as the hearing vis a vis his nine stolen illegal and fraudulent votes is requested for the week of 9th of January, which is technically after the special election, though he faces up to $45,000 in fines. And if criminally charged, well, who knows? He may end up being a presidential candidate alongside all of the other deliberately. Unwitting fuckwit crooks in the GOP, I guess.
2: I've been waiting with bated breath all day because yesterday, as we record this, Trump announced that today he would be making a major announcement. The last time he announced an announcement in advance was the launch of his campaign to get re-elected, so obviously everyone was expecting something big. Social media sites lit up with speculation that he was running for Speaker of the House or that he would shun convention and name his vice president, who everyone was pretty sure would be Carrie Lake. I briefly enjoyed the idea that he might announce he'd had enough of the lies and corruption and he was giving himself up to the authorities to face whatever judgment he had coming. I mean, obviously it wasn't that. But nobody expected that the major announcement would in fact be his dumbest, most pathetic grift, well, this year at least. Yes, he's releasing a series of digital NFT trading cards featuring his face crappily photoshopped into various outfits, including... Astronaut, cowboy, fighter pilot, and sheriff—like the worst possible combination of the village people and Mister Ben. <laughs> yeah, which is a bit of a niche reference, admittedly. But yeah, you We're can exactly own—you right. <laughs> can own one of these JPEGs by. Well, just right-clicking and saving it to your hard drive. But you can own it in the far stupider NFT sense by paying Trump a mere $99 per card.
0: It's so cheap.
2: But don't stop at one like some kind of woke, beta male cuck. If you buy just 45 of the shoddily drawn useless pieces of shit, you'll get to have dinner with Trump himself. That's less than $4,500 for an overcooked steak with a man who definitely will not talk about anything other than himself. And that's assuming he bothers to go through with it rather than bailing on the dinner like he did to various winners of who can donate the most money competitions during his first campaign. Don't all rush at
0: once. And I I love the fact that the advert, when he does it, (laughs) they haven't even bothered to make up the fact that he's not sweaty. He's just <laughs> he's really shiny. So it's really bad. awful.
2: They're, they're kind I mean of... they, they they clearly haven't spent any time making them at all. <laughs> that I reckon they got Melania to do it. They were just yeah. like oh this yeah. you know, well any she's one of the world, can do world
0: leaders. <laughs> yeah. But it's got it's Okay, if Marvel were going to do... So forget about Time magazine. You want to end up on the front of Superhero Weekly, Marvel <laughs> magazine. So just Photoshop your face into some rippling peck. I mean, basically, laden. if they
2: had... I don't know if they have them in America, but in in Britain, certainly in the 70s, at Seasides, they had these things yeah. with, like, big big... Bits oh, of yeah. cardboard with yeah. paintings on and a hole yep. for your head. Yep. Yep. So you put your head through, and someone takes yep. a picture of you, and you look like a mermaid or a
0: yeah cowboy or, a baby or whatever, being held by a fat overweight. That if if couple. they'd done yeah. that, yeah,
2: it would have been significantly more, better more quality.
0: Convincing. They were terrible, <laughs> and they're terrible because you can never get your face in the <laughs> right. They're awful. And they're... <laughs> That would have been that <laughs> so much, so much more convincing. Shit. That's brilliant. <laughs> well, here in free, fair, equal and supportive blighty, poster workers, rail and bus workers, airport baggage handlers, border force security, driving instructors, nurses, ambulance workers and other health staff are amongst the hard working people of Britain celebrated on millions of doorsteps during the pandemic for being key workers. They are also the representatives of the hard-working people currently asking for their pay and conditions to be improved through an ongoing series of industrial actions slash strikes throughout December. And they appear to be supported by the vast majority of other hard-working people of Britain – despite this month's Tory Prime Minister Rishi Sunak saying it's damaging the lives of the hard-working people of Britain. Yeah, it's such a long list that that's a bit disingenuous of Rishi at the very least, because they pretty much are all of the hard-working people of Britain. Since the billions spent by the Tory government on tax cuts for bankers and VIP lane dodgy PPE and and track-and-trace deals for their mates pay rises for anyone else are apparently unaffordable. Unaffordable apart from simply enacting, say, a 1% wealth tax on households worth over a million pounds, or windfall taxes on billion profit-making energy firms. But, ever mindful of strike protocol, Rishi cannot conceive the notion of crossing the picket lines of dogmatic Tory thought. And, simply speak to the unions representing the interests of the hard-working people of Britain, as it might compromise the position of the non-DOM people, whose hard-working businesses are in Britain but who pay no tax in Britain, one of whom was Richie's wife until very recently, slash Tory party donors slash think tanks. We're nearly 50 years on, 50 years on, from the winter of discontent that saw the downfall of Edward Heath's Tory government in the 1970s and in their lauding of the union-bashing ghost of Margaret Thatcher, the Tories seem to have learned nothing. And of course, as ever since Dickens' time, the hard-working people of Britain are suffering as part of their little bit of history repeating lesson. Let's hope it doesn't take a general strike or the appearance of three conscience-driven ghosts in Rishi's pyjamas to change the fucker's stance. God bless us, everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you and all, Tiny Tim.
2: So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this Christmas. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com. And if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page.
0: If you think we've used the fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you had a good time this Christmas, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, or simply tell one other person, in person, about how much they'd like our podcast. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, just like our newest patron, Don Tuvey, our strawman-level patrons, Schmoots, Mark Reiki, and Amber R. Buchanan, who told us... When we met her at QED, we can just call her Amber. And our true Scotsman-Level patrons, Stephen Bickle, Janet Uetta, Kaz Tui, Andrew Houck, Max Beaver, and our top patron, Lauren. Thank you so much for your support, everybody, throughout the the years you've been doing it. It's fantastic. Thank you. We can't do it without you.
2: And you can connect with those awesome people, as well as us and other listeners, in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump.
0: All music was by the outburst and was used with permission. So until next time, on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last Christmas word to the Donald. That's right, go home to mommy. Bye. Bye!